0: From the broadcast booth to a courtside seat to the postgame locker room, nobody's closer to the action than our guys. It's Chris, J.D., and Mike here inside the Press Box. All right, thanks to you for listening on great stations around the state of Alabama and beyond. Hello, Chattanooga, Tennessee, listening on KWIN 1420. 101.3 FM, Mike, Chris, and J.D. Our thanks again to Ben Ingram, voice of the Atlanta Braves Radio Network, for joining us this hour. And while that's great, oh, it gets even better as the press box rolls on. Chris, pull out a chair for our next guest. Would you do that, please?
1: I can do that. Uh, always great to welcome Brad Nestler to the show. Uh, glad to see that things have gone well for him since he started as the voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Brad, <laughs> thanks so much for the time. How you doing? I'm good, Chris. How are you guys? I'm good. I, I was just thinking, it, it's kind of rare. Um, I don't know if Atlanta was home for you or not, but you, you did get a start, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but among your big jobs, uh, doing Tech games back in the early 80s, and yet you've managed to keep Atlanta home throughout all this time haven't you yeah it's been home for uh
2: 42 43 years something like that chris so yeah that was i was just a i was just a baby back then uh sharing the microphone with the legendary al soraldo and doing georgia tech basketball i was just telling somebody yesterday that uh uh, one of my very first games was 42 years ago when uh, duke was in town and duke wasn't that good when you know Mike Krzyzewski's early years, the first couple of years, everybody thought they were going to run Mike out of town, so Duke wasn't very good, and Georgia Tech was horrible. Bobby Kremens hadn't arrived yet, so I was down at the Duke shoot-around, and I'm sitting on a a table with Mike Krzyzewski, and I said, Mike, I'm kind of new in this part of the country and everything, and I'm just getting going with the job, and I just have to ask you one question. He said, sure, anything, and I said, how do you pronounce your last name, and he <laughs> repeated it, and I said, well, I'll never forget that, but I'll never be able to spell it, so that was my first uh, my first reference with Mike Krzyzewski, and now it all ended on on Saturday night, and so I thought about that, and when I watched him, he and uh, his wife whack off the court on saturday night so yeah it's a long time ago man but neither one of those teams was very good when i was doing those games
1: do you miss being the voice of a school in the connection the tie that you have with a school or a team because i know you did falcons yeah. vikings uh, I've told, it, it's yeah i told
2: my wife you know I, and it probably will never come to pass but you know maybe 10 or 15 years ago i said you know when i get to the when i get the end of things here I wouldn't mind being the voice of of a school or a team because I really got close. Uh, You know, Georgia Tech people were like our family for a long, long time. Um, All the people that worked there and, and, you know, everybody from uh, trainers to, you know, the team dentists to the secretaries and and the assistants to coaches and all uh, and, and they were like family to my wife, too. And, you know, we spent one rainbow classic out in Hawaii, you know, on Christmas. And we had never been away from even our family much less away from uh, you know, being together someplace. And here we are, Christmas time out in Hawaii. It was pretty cool actually. But uh yeah. you know, doing that. And then I was with the Falcons for I don't know, whatever, six years or whatever. And and, you know, most of those players were close to my age, if maybe a couple years older. Jeff Van Oat was a lot older at the time. <laughs> but um, you know, got to be tight with those guys and now we still are in the same golf tournaments and we keep in touch and we run into each other and have beers and stuff. So from that standpoint, yeah, it's kind of fun to be part of a family kind of atmosphere when you're with one team so much.
0: Brad Nestler, I guess, like I need to introduce him. Uh, it's JD Dynamobile and <laughs> back in hour one, the rest of the guys have to give me a certain medication to calm me down because they know I'm the super fan. <laughs> Nobody's a bigger Brad Nestler fan than me. And, and my, my favorite duo of all time is Brad Nessler, Jimmy Dykes at a basketball game. I did want to kind of get, though, into some mushy stuff because uh, part of this show is being all play-by-play guys that form the press box. You're right. Part of what goes uh, that isn't – you get to see parts of the world. You get to see arenas and stadiums and cities on somebody else's dime, but it also takes you away from family, and it's kind of that cats-in-the-cradle lyrics thing. But you travel with somebody named Nestler. Uh, can you tell me about the family connection and – at least you don't miss out on some of that by having somebody with you on a lot of those games.
2: Yeah, well, um, she's not doing that anymore, but yeah, my daughter was with us for a long time and so um yeah. and she worked at ESPN for uh, I don't know, seven or eight years and uh I was still there. And so that was that was really special because especially like uh SEC tournament, basketball, you know, you're together from basically Wednesday to Sunday, uh and you're you know, together all the time and she's sitting two people over from me. And so, uh, yeah, we were, <laughs> that was a great group. I'm looking at a picture right now of Jimmy and, and Reese and I, uh, at, at basketball tournament or a game someplace. And, uh, she was pretty distinctive by her bl- dyed blue hair. So everybody could recognize okay. her probably easier than recognize me or Jimmy. So that was, uh, that was really fun. She kind of got out of the business when the uh, COVID hit and, uh, you know, the, the, there were so many games that were, uh, remote and that type of thing or guys that were doing them from their basements and all that. And I had all the equipment set up to do it here too. And thankfully I never had to do that, but yeah, that was a, uh, that was a lot of fun. I missed that, but um, she's still here in Atlanta. So we're we're together all the time anyway.
1: What'd you think the, not just the, the, uh, the game last night, but the final four as a whole in a year when we're talking all, all of these Cinderella's and St. Peter's is, is crashing the party, so to speak, but yet we wound up with a four of the four of the biggest names in the history of college basketball that, uh, that wind up making it to New Orleans.
2: Yeah, you know, all year long, um, I've been saying that I thought there was 15 teams that could win it because every time I did a game, I thought, well, you know, these guys are okay. And these guys are pretty good. And and these guys might be really good, but I'm not sure. And then, you know, uh, they'd get beat and we'd switch teams in the top five and the in the top spot and all of that. And, you know, last year it was pretty much Gonzaga and Baylor the whole way. And so you kind of knew that it was going to be one of those or you thought it would be. And then this year I really thought I-, I think there's a team that can come out of nowhere and and win the whole thing. And I did North Carolina back in – it's getting ready to storm here, guys, so if, they, if my phone cuts out once in a while, apologize. Um, I apologize. I did North Carolina back in December, and they got hammered by Kentucky. And I did the game with Raft, and um, I said after the game, I said, Bill, if Huber doesn't get this thing figured out and really doesn't come up with some kind of strategy, these guys aren't even going to make the tournament. There's no way. They're just They're just not that good. And they were disorganized. They looked like they had talent, all that kind of stuff. And so to see the improvement they made to get there, uh, you know, to get to last night and the teams that they had to beat uh, to get there was pretty impressive. You know, Marquette, Baylor, UCLA, uh, Duke, you know, and if they would have beaten Kansas, they'd be the only team that's ever beaten all those blue bloods in the same year. So I give them a lot of credit for getting there. Uh, But yeah, you know, we ended up with, Two of the three winningest programs in the history of college basketball. So, all that blah 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 about anybody can win it—it it came down to uh, a number one seed and a team that you know played their hearts out the last month and a half of the season when everybody didn't think that they would even make the tournament. So, uh, great, great finals. Uh, the Duke North Carolina game was sensational. You know, it would have been a great Cinderella story if if Mike would have added another one. And I, I'm not. A, a duke fan or not a duke fan you know it's i just think whether you love duke or hate duke you have to respect what he's done and and, and the legacy he leaves behind and you know I'm, I'm happy for bill kansas has gone through a lot of stuff him losing his dad and you know all the. i don't know what's going to happen now in the future with them because they've got some big allegations leaning against them but I, you know that's for another day right now they just they played great you'd come back from 15 down and I don't know you don't see too many 21 point swings in a 10 minute span which is what we had from halftime until middle of the second half yesterday and I mean that that's just so fun and and you know it's fun to sit back and just watch the games and have no interest didn't have a bracket filled out didn't care um, you know know all the coaches and everything and I'm I'm happy for Bill
1: and it was a hell of a finish does it concern you at all where we're headed with the game when there's a cloud hanging over, as there is for for Kansas, but at the same time, the guy that's in charge of your your governing body for the organization is already a, a PR nightmare in so many ways, and then he screws up the name of the championship team when he's only got one job. Uh, you may not have even seen it because I didn't, I didn't until see that. Warded. Tell me about it. Yeah, he called him. He called him the Kansas City Jayhawks. Oh, uh, geez. Yes. So he's, you know, yeah. here we are with Mark Emmert already being a guy that nobody, uh, no, nah, I'm not going to say nobody, but very few oh, seem to have a high opinion of, and then he, then he's got the one job and he screws that up. So. Oh my God. No, I didn't yeah. see that. I, I uh, taped, you know, I, I wanted to see the post
2: game show and I said, okay, I'm just going to tape it and I'll watch one shining moment tomorrow when I get up. And, and I, no, I said, I didn't see the ceremony. So yeah, that doesn't help much. I, I don't know. they, I wish they would do something. I think football will eventually do something. I don't think he'll have, I don't think he'll have any power in football pretty soon. I don't know about basketball, but you know, I I met him a few times. Don't know the gentleman, don't want to put him down, but I I know how messed up everything is. And it it never, you know, they they didn't handle the name image, image likeness very well. And that's still a mess. Um, you, You know, everything has changed so much. The transfer portal, in in both sports has made it like if you ask me right now who's gonna be good next year in basketball, I'd go, you know what, we got to wait a while because there's gonna be about four thousand guys in the portal and we'll figure out who comes out the other side of it. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of different things that I don't know that I'm used to yet, but uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to get used to it. Understand. well
0: we're understanding as a matter of fact, while we're talking they're they're um, making and marketing some t-shirts with that phrase on it. so uh, but oh my god that is so, crazy i want one of those <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pretty good exactly that's pretty maybe good. and maybe with mark emmert's face on it uh in the background but they uh from college basketball it's year-round in the southeast that uh football never takes a back seat for 12 months out of the year it seems and can you take us to when you transitioned after Vern lundquist steps away from the mic as the primary voice of college football for the southeastern conference where that ranked in your career and how much that meant. And you've probably answered that ad nauseum, but I know our listeners, you know, in the state of Alabama where it's King would love to hear that right out of your mouth.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah, no, I was really proud first of all, because Vern's a longtime friend of mine way back when Vern, I think Vern's last year doing the Dallas Cowboys on radio was my first year doing the Falcons on radio. And so we ran into each other and he was obviously uh, one of the guys that everybody looked up to in the business. And, and then he moved into TV like full time, but, uh, he was doing a peach bowl one time, uh, for CBS. And I was doing the peach bowl on radio and he even introduced me at the peach bowl banquet. And I was like, I didn't know Vern even knew me, but, uh, <laughs> He, he always kept telling the guys, Chuck Milton and, and the guys at CBS, they, there's this young guy in Atlanta. You got to get, you got to listen to a tape of his. And he had no reason to be one of my cheerleaders other than he's a great guy, you know? And so uh, to have that long a history and then uh, to have the honor of, of moving in and grabbing his headset was, was pretty cool. And um, you know, when I left, I was at ESPN and ABC for 24 years and, and I, I don't have anything bad to say about them, but when CBS came after me and Sean McManus said, we want you to, uh, come and take over for Vernon. We want you to, uh, end your career here. You know, I, I think he meant like not in a year or two, I think he meant whenever you want to quit, <laughs> at sure. least I hope that's what he meant. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, those two things combined, I think, and then the fact to get back and, and work with Gary, uh, for a second go around, you know, so we've been together, uh, two stints added together. I think we're on probably 15 years now. So, um, it was, it was very cool. And Vern and I still stay in touch and, and, uh, you know, I love the guy. And so it was, uh, it was a pretty big honor. And and now it's, you know, that's my gig. I mean, it was Vern's gig, but it's this
1: I'm coming up on my sixth year. So I consider it mine now. Last thing. and, And we'll let you go besides, uh, Begging you to write a book because JD's already lined up. He's ready to give you thirty bucks to I'll buy, at to buy least one. one. It, so we know we we got put us down for three. But, okay, uh, is, when, okay, I'm making
2: I'm making about forty five bucks right there. or Somebody, there you go. That's good. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. We'll pay for
0: an <laughs> autograph. That,
1: that's more than we're giving you for being on with us now. So at least <laughs> Hey, um, I, I am curious. Everything you do is nationally televised, but. Games such as last night when you know it has the eyeballs of of truly the the whole sport on it um, where is that fine line of not taking over the moment and capturing it all at the same time i'm I'm impressed so much with how Jim juggles two very different personalities in Grant Hill and and Bill Raftery. Yeah. And having the presence that he does and yet doesn't overtake it. And you're the, you're as good as anybody at that, Brad, I've told you before, I love how you do it, but how do you, how do you bring out the best of everybody in that moment without being too much? Well, that's a great question.
2: And, and, and you're right, Jim was fantastic again last night. And, and, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't do basketball until like the big 10 tournament. And so, uh, you know, we kind of warm raft up for him a little bit, you know, Ian and myself yeah. and, you know, whatever. And then he hops in there and it's just seamless because he's been doing golf. And, and now he's going to go from that high last night to being able to whisper at Augusta. I mean, it's, he, he's flawless on being able to go from one gear to the other. It's, uh, he, he's unbelievable at it. And his call last night was great. The finish was awesome i don't know i think you get i think you just get into the moment chris and you and you're just enjoying it with the fans um you know there's uh, i guess the biggest things that i do now probably is the sec title game and army navy and and i get so emotional with army navy that i'm just in the moment and and um whatever i say i very seldom know what comes out of my mouth and then sometimes you know people send me a clip of what I said and, or they'll call and say, Hey, that was a great finish, a great line. And I go, what line? Cause I don't even know what I said. And I very seldom go back and watch, like, I almost never go back and watch games. I probably should. I used to. Uh, so, you know, sometimes it's just um, whatever comes out and you hope it comes out right. And uh, you know, Jim has a knack and, and I guess the guys that are good have a, have a knack of doing that, but there are other guys that think the game is, about them and not the game. So as long as you keep it in perspective and think that, you know, people didn't turn in to watch you, they turned in to watch the game. I think that's the best way to go about it. Boy,
1: do we need to have a drink sometime? I just love it. <laughs> <today>. oh, <my. laughs> oh man. Hey, we hours. Thank you so very much. You're very gracious with your time. We appreciate you being on, especially today and hope to cross paths very soon. You got it, Chris, JD, Mike. Good to be with you guys. Talk to you soon.
0: Wanna to talk to the guys? Hit them up at the contact page. Online at Pressboxradio.com. Or find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Pressbox Radio One. That's Pressbox Radio and the number one. That's how you can earn access to the Press Box.